For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 62. I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? I was better before if we had started this like five minutes ago, but because we started it when it is. So someone on our Patreon asked us to record a show five minutes from the end of the game. Um, we're doing this with 17 minutes at the end of the game. And guess what? Andrew Ladd took a penalty in his own end, slashing the guy's hands, and the Panthers scored. What are the odds? I, what are the odds, Matt? Mitch, I am shocked. I might as go as far to say that I'm flabbergasted that this happened flabbergasted, flummoxed, floored that Andrew Ladd would take a penalty in the third period. And they would score off it. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, but other than that, I started a new cold. That's a, that's great. It's, so it's cold number two in three weeks. It wouldn't be an Eyes on Isles podcast without Mitch being sick. <laughs> oh. It's like Of course, so, my kids were sick the last couple of weeks, so there you go. So <laughs> Your house is just like a breeding ground for germs. Oh, it's a Petri dish. Yeah. This is the Petri dish in Vanier. It's my house. <laughs> Poor Mitch. It's great. It's great. I can't wait till my kids develop antibodies. I hear it's going to be another couple of years. Well, we're, here's to good cold medicine up until that point. <laughs> a lot of Vicks Vapor Rub on my throat. All right. Do you have an addition for us here? I do. We're number 62. Well, we're. This podcast is episode number 62, which is the Oleokinin edition. Oh, good so, one. Okay. Yeah. He wore number 62 for set aisles. He wore a ton of numbers because he played for a ton of teams. Uh, I don't even want to count them a lot. He only played with the aisles for a full season, full 82 games, scored um, tw- 21 points. Yeah, not a lot. It was only his third year in the league, or really second, his second full year in the league. So, yeah. It's fine. You get it. We get it. So the Oli Jokinen edition, 62. The, the we get it edition. The we, we get it edition. We get it. <laughs> Just we get to expect Andrew Ladd to take a dumb penalty in the third period and cost the team a goal. Of course. Shocking. Mm. Uh, looks like. Okay, what do we want to talk about to start the show off with? All right, we are going to start things up on a little bit of a somber note. 
So yep. Charles Wong, former owner, passed away this week, and we are going to talk about his legacy as the New York Islanders owner because it's a complicated one. Obviously, there were some flaws to his tenure as owner, but overall, I think his biggest accomplishment and the thing that he should be remembered for is keeping the Islanders on Long Island because without him, they're probably in Kansas City right now. Or one of a million other markets. Right. At least. Like, there are so many teams willing to take the Islanders, but they they didn't have anyone here in, well, here, I'm not there, but you know what I mean, in New York that were willing to buy them. Except for Charles, even then, he had to be almost coerced into buying them. Maybe not coerced, that's a strong word. Convinced. Convinced to buy them. Because, like, we all know, the guy didn't know anything about hockey. He had been to a game, but you wouldn't say that he was a hockey guy. No, not at all. So, like, they had to convince him to buy the team. And sure enough, he did, and you're right, like, that's his legacy. He's got a larger legacy outside of the New York Islanders with small, a smile train and every other philanthropy that or the project he seemed to be part of. Um, but this is the one that, that not matters to us, but that impacts us more. Um, and that's the New York Islanders and the fact that they're still here on Long Island, technically speaking. Right, because, of course, we know that they ended up going to Brooklyn for a few years as the game they're playing right now is in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. But I would much rather that than them playing in a different city right now and not having a team to root for or having to root for a team in another city. Or, God forbid, having to watch those blue and red team. That's where I was going with that, yeah. Yeah, not happening. But Charles Wong, like we said, it's a little complicated because, yes, he he was a very loyal guy. And some would say that he was loyal to a fault at times with some of his personnel. Cough, cough, Gar Snow. Yeah. But overall, he did a lot of things for this team. And he genuinely cared about the Islanders. It was obvious he cared about Long Island. He's, you know, obviously he wasn't born here. He was born in China, but then he became a Long Islander and he wanted to keep this team around. He made that his goal and it took a little while and he wasn't here to see them play at Belmont, which is kind of sad, but it's going to happen. But he was also instrumental in, in making sure that they, they got, not, maybe not making sure, but that Belmont was an option for them, right? Like, he was one of the first, according to, um, oh, I'm going to get her name wrong from Newsday. She was on PT Isles. Shout out to you guys. Uh, Randy Marsh. Yeah. Uh, was on and, and talking about how he held one of the, or not held, but he went for one of the initial meetings looking at Belmont as a possibility, almost within, like, as soon as they went to, to Brooklyn. So, like... He set the groundwork for that. He obviously saw it through because he may not have been a majority owner when he passed, but he was definitely still a minority owner and a co-owner along with Ledecky and Malkin. So, like, he had a say and a hand in Belmont. So, like, he, yes, he doesn't see them go and play, but he knew that they were going there. He knew that that was a done deal. It just, you know, he actually can't physically see it or will never physically see it, which is indeed sad, but at least there's some sort of satisfaction there going, we know that he got his way. He ended up getting what he wanted. Right. He got his his ultimate, ultimate goal, which was keeping them around here. And another thing that he'll be known for, and it was his plan for not only the Islanders, but for Nassau County, the Lighthouse Project that unfortunately wasn't able to go through. That yeah. alone 
would have been huge for the community of both Long Island and Nassau and everything like that. Yeah, that definitely would have been a big one. Um, I'm not sure on on the specifics of of the deal itself, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't it wasn't all privately funded. And at that 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 time, politically, um, from what I can recall, that was that was a no no. Um, people weren't willing to dish tax money for sports venues, and still aren't really. So like that that that's a tough sell. Honestly, that 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 was a tough sell to convince people to say like I I would like some of your money. I'm going to reinvest it. Trust me. It's just that that's a tough sell to ask people to give up tax money to pay for something. We, and I don't know what the, what the proportion was, but I know that there was some tax money involved. It could have been still low, and you still needed a referendum clearly, and that didn't work out unfortunately. Right, but as we mentioned, that he was, I. It's very it's complicated to talk about because obviously, like the man just passed away. I don't want to bash him, and I am thankful for a lot of things that oh, he did. No, I don't think there's anything to bash him for. No, but it's just I think complicated isn't is a good word to describe his time with the Islanders. Sure. Yeah, that that's I guess fair. Like there's some complexities to the story. It wasn't all smooth sailing, but. I think with the revenue that this team was generating, he was hard pressed to do any better. Yeah, honestly, that's a very fair and valid point. I also wanted to tip my cap to those New York Rangers because they did something really classy the other night. Mm-hmm. They had a moment of silence for Charles Wong, and I mean it. The pretty much overall awareness that was shown by the league. The past few days have been really nice. Uh, the stories that come out about him now, it seems like nobody has a bad thing to say about him. He was really good with the players. The players liked playing for him. All that stuff that you want to see from your owner, we're now he- hearing about with Charles Wong. So, obviously, rest in peace to him, and condolences go out to uh, his family, and I think we just wanted to reflect a little bit on his time as the Islanders' owner. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely condolences to his family. It's a sad day. It's a sad time. Um, yeah. Shall we move on to something else? Yes, let's get into fan favorite Brock Nelson, friend of the show. Okay, yeah. Uh, There was a question posted by New York Newsday, and pretty much the question was, is he or is he not a top six player? So we'll get into that right now, and I will start by asking you, Mitch, do you think he is a top six player? I think he can be a top six winger, yes. Do I think he's a top six center? Uh, I don't. There, there's nothing to prove that he can be yet. Um, could he have? Oh, what a terrible giveaway by the Islanders! Uh, right in the Matt Martin gets hit by a up the gut puck by his own teammate. Unbelievable. Uh, anyway, no, I don't think he's a top six center at all. Not not what's not from what I've seen now. And like the, people's only argument could be that well he put up forty five points one year and he's looking like he's playing a good two way game. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's eight games into the season. He seems to be doing well, but then again, it's October. This is Brock Nelson's month. Right. Like, uh, for me, on a good team, he's probably a third line player. I think if he's, he's on a- your second line, you're stretching a little bit, and he has no business being on the first line. Yeah, you're trying to fill gaps, and um, he's not a good gap fill. He's he's fine. He's perfectly fine. Look, he's got a goal tonight, so that puts him at four points unless he gets another one um, in eight games. He's at half a point. That's below Brocktober levels. Um, 
October still isn't done though. Uh, but it's something that we want to see from him the rest of the year. If he can put up a 0.5 point game, uh, uh, sorry, a 0.5 point pace, geez, a lot of P's there, uh, then we're fine. I, I think that that seems like a reasonable return from Brock Nelson. What was that, like 43, 44 points over the, the course of a season? That's cool. I'm okay with that. But that's not second-line center. No. If you're getting that from your third-line center, that's a different story. Yeah. Unless you're telling me that Brock Nelson could be a great defensive player, a la Franz Nielsen, but he hasn't been showing that yet. Like He's got a 41% Corsi 4 5 on 5 so far this year. No, that's not great. Um, his face-off win percentage is at 44.7 this year. That's la poops. Yep, that's uh, something that I wrote about was the Islanders and their struggles with the face-off because Brock Nelson and Matthew Barzell are atrocious in the face-off circle, so it's costing them. And I think that's part of the reason why their Corsi is so low. But I like if we're talking about Brock, I think he it's obvious he's going to give you the 20 goals and roughly 40 points. And maybe you could get away with him on your second line. But I think more realistically, he's a third line player. Yeah. So, OK, so obviously your, your answer to that question is he's a third line player uh, at best uh, and you're pushing it. You're really trying to milk the cow for everything it's worth if you're putting him on the second line. Yeah, you're looking for Brock to reach his potential. The thing is, there is some potential there, but just what you see on a regular basis, he doesn't do it enough consistently. If he was semi-consistent, you can convince me he's a top six player, but he's not, and that's the issue. And I think this year is going to prove whether he is or isn't. Like All we're basing ourselves off of is small cameos on that second line, right? Um, and it just n- never really worked. Uh, or large cameos on a third line where it still didn't really work that well. So now that he's running the show on that second line, does that change perspectives? Well, we're only eight games in. Can we really say he's not going to be ever? No. But it's not looking fantastic. It's looking fine. It's perfectly fine. But we don't want fine. We already have fine. We have a bunch of fine. Fine doesn't get you anywhere more than 82.3 points in a year. You know, I'm, obviously that's not an even number. I'm just going what they're on pace for. I think it is 82.3 or something like that. Um, that's not good enough. That's <laughs> not what we need. No. We need good to great, not fine. Uh, and so Brock Nelson isn't that guy, I don't think. We'll see. There's still a lot of time to go, but it doesn't look like it so far. No. To me, it doesn't, and I think... And that's why one of the things I wrote, but the Islanders are going to be looking for a second line center soon. Maybe it's at the trade deadline. Maybe it's in the off season, but I think that's going to be uh, one of the first things that needs to be addressed. I'm, I don't think it's not something that needs to be addressed, but I think it's not number one priority. Like this is a bit of a tangent. This isn't something we wanted to talk about necessarily, but I think we have to anyways is, what do the Islanders need? And it still seems like it's a bit of everything. Like, they need defense. Oh, my God, that goal. Sorry. Florida oh, no, just tied, tied it. it yep. Yeah, I hadn't seen their defense has been playing, like, I want to say a bad word here, but not very well. They haven't been able to clear pucks. It's been gross so far in this at the end of this third period. Uh, not even end. Second half. There's nine minutes left. No. Um. So I'm like two minutes behind you. Oh, alone in the slot. So gross. So gross. Who was on the ice for that Philpola? Of course, the Philpola line was out there. They have looked terrible. 
terrible. Five on five so far. Wait, Mitch, Leo Kamara, Valtteri, and Valtteri Filippula and Andrew Ladd are not good? Shocker. Another one. But they're good for the culture, I was told. This is for the culture this, change. This is right up there with the culture change. Um, <laughs> it did not look good. Oh, like where was he? All of, like no pressure, just puck watching. Oh, sorry, this isn't great podcasting. It's us recasting what we're seeing here. But I think it's Komarov just caught like looking around, going, "Oh, is that where the puck is?" Oh, uh. Anyways, um, the Islanders need a bit of everything. They need defense. It's clear. They need a center, a second line center. That's clear. Um, they might even need a third line center. Because Brock Nelson, Valtteri Fopla probably won't be here next season. No, they're definitely, they probably need two centers. That's a good point. Right? And it's not like they have one in the wings. Like, who out in Ooh. Bridgeport or in Europe or I, anywhere else is a center? I have an idea, and I think you'll like it. It's Bo. No. Oh. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Casey Sezikis as your third line center. And, Already down. And yep. Otto Koivula as the fourth line center. Sure. Okay, I'm in. I'm super down. There you go. Give me that all day. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they, they go for a second-line center come trade deadline day. Um, or they, they try to liquidate whatever they can and try to draft one. But mm, that doesn't mean they're going to be here tomorrow. No, it's going to take a while. And yeah. I think the Islanders have pieces to move at the trade deadline to get Something valuable in return. Oh, Anders Lee almost had a typical Anders Lee goal. Sorry. Yeah, they have everything to get pieces. They have Letty they can trade. They have Eberle they can trade. They have... Nelson. Well, Brock Nelson. Uh, They have guys, but are they actually going to do it? I think they should be active. I definitely think they should be active because if... You're looking at this team and saying, yeah, that, that this is it. This is what we're confident rolling with. I think that we have to be reevaluating Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> we got some problems. We got uh, some issues there. But you do have pieces that are expendable. So yep. we'll see what they end up doing there. But I think we're, we reached an agreement on Brock. Not a top six player. No. Agreed. Okay. How about our former boy, no longer a pal of the show, Jan no. Kovash. So he was in training camp. He was signed on a one-year, $2 million deal. He did not make the team out of camp. No. Nope. Did not end up going to Bridgeport. But he was willing to go and sign a deal with the AHL team of the Boston Bruins. Riddle me that one, Mitch. Yeah. Okay. So... There is such a thing in the AHL as having too many vets. You can't load your team with vets. So there's a rule, I believe, it's you can't have more than six on your whatever, I don't know what the number is, active roster at a given time. So apparently, from what I've heard and been able to decipher, he, being Kovar, wasn't guaranteed to be one of those six on every given night. It was going to be left up to, I guess, Brent Thompson to decide if he was going to make that six or not. Right. And he no likey that. He thought he was almost going to get an NHL deal. Well, he got he signed an NHL deal, so I guess he figured he was going to play in the NHL. He wasn't able to do that, and then he might not even even played at the AHL. He's kind of like, no, 
thanks, but no thanks. And I guess the Providence Bruins were willing to give him that. I guess, but why wouldn't you just go back to the KHL at that point? Because you have the potential to still make the NHL, and then you're playing under the Boston Bruins system? I guess. So he's on an AHL PTO contract, which I believe runs for 25 days, but you could just sign another one and reset the 25 days. Um, so he's not; he doesn't count towards the Bruins' books. He doesn't count towards the Bruins' cap or anything of the sorts. Um, he's not even a Bruins player. He's really just an A. He doesn't even take a Bruins roster spot, like one of their 50 roster spots. Nope. Um, but he's still in the system, technically speaking. So if they really like him, they could add him. And you're playing for the Boston Bruins and not the New York Islanders. That is unfortunately appealing. Yeah, it is. The Bruins were in the playoffs last year. They'll probably be in the playoffs again this year. They're a historic team. It makes sense. But he's with the Bruins. Like that. That's, again, more appealing than the New York Islanders. If you had to equate one to the other, the Boston Bruins are more appealing than the New York Islanders. It's unfortunate to hear but that's the case. And he's got a chance now to potentially play for them. I don't know what their GM told him. I don't know what his what he's been promised necessarily, but it's something, and it's clearly more than what the Islanders are willing to give him, which is strange. Like I don't understand what the dialect was between him and Lou. What was the deal? What was the understanding between the two? Because there's something missing here from what we know. Right. Well, he probably realized, hey, I was brought in with nine other players f- yeah. playing for three spots, so... Like someone was going home unhappy and it just happened to be him. I listen, we thought that he would have a bigger role. I thought he would play. I thought he would be relatively productive too at the NHL level, but the Islanders just saw something in Philpula and Brock Nelson's and wanted to go that direction. Yeah. I, I obviously that's the case, but I don't think that's a good idea. Like it's it's working out so far because Filippo is looking pretty good in terms of production. I wouldn't say he's looking pretty good in terms of his five-on-five play, but, you know, whatever. No. It is what it is. Is that him right now going to the box? It might be. (laughs) Probably. Um, So, like, should they have gone with, with, what's his name, with uh, Kovash? Probably, but they didn't really give him much of a chance, right? Like, let's be honest, the training camp, they gave him how many games? Four? I think so. Uh, He was three or four. They gave him three, the three or four games playing with, like, guys who weren't going to make the team anyways. And, like, he didn't stand out. He scored one goal. One pretty good goal, mind you. So, like, what opportunity did they really give him? So, again, I don't understand what the understanding was between both the team and Jan Kovash. Because it seemed like there's a misunderstanding here. Like, one did not understand what the other was doing or wanted from the other. No. And is that on Kovash or is that on the Islanders? We don't know. We probably will never know. Um, but as it stands now, like it's not, we don't know what we had. Unless he performs well for the Bruins, both at the Providence or the NHL level, uh, if he doesn't perform well, then we're going, well, whatever, we didn't lose anything. But if he does, then it looks real bad. No, it's not a good sign. So, yeah. Shall we move on from Jan Kovash and talk about some some good old Farming. Ooh. Oh. We got, doom, got doom. some music. It's making me come in a little hot there. Um, we're going to talk about the farm and what's going on down on the New York Islanders farm. Got a nice little jingle with some banjo for y'all. There we go. Oh, 
I like it. Down on the farm. Terrible DJing by my part. No, that was okay. Comes in hot, goes away, and it sounds like the poor man's Casey Kasem. <laughs> poor man's Casey Kasem. We'll talk about down on the farm. I don't even know what Casey Kasem sounds like anymore. Um, okay, so the Islanders farm system looks top notch. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Done. Yeah, uh, bring it back up. That's it. <laughs> okay. So who do we want? Where do we want to start? Like they got players everywhere and anywhere. Uh, can we start with Bodie Wild? Just because I think he's been. I like. I knew he was going to be good, but I'm shocked that he's been this productive this early. So can we? Is it too early to call steal of the draft? Like no. the steal of the 2018 draft goes to whom? The Islanders and Bodie Wild. Ah, well, actually, Oliver Wallstrom, where they took him, might be a steal too. Right, him and even Dobson. And Dobson at twelve. But so Bodie Wild was supposed to be a first round player. Yeah, the, wasn't the reason he wasn't taken in the first round because of the whole thing he was going to go to Michigan, then they weren't sure if he was going to go to Michigan, then again ends up playing in the OHL. So there's a whole like so off the ice thing. Started even before that, he had committed to Harvard. Okay, and then decommitted from Harvard. Then, like you said, committed to Michigan, decommitted from them, and then went to the team in the OHL who drafted his rights in the Saginaw Spirit. Okay, and that that was never given as the reason, but it seems to be the only reason um, for him not falling into the top thirty-one. And the Isles took him at forty-one. Right, because I listen, I. Will admit I'm not the best when it comes to knowing these prospects and you know ranking them, but from what I was able to read up on, what I was able to see, it looked like he was someone that was projected to go in from the middle or late first round, and he was there for the Mm -hmm. taking when the Islanders were back on the board again in the second round and a little bit deep into the second round. It wasn't like it was the third pick in the second round. Ten picks in. Ten picks in. And the New York Islanders were able to snag him. And in 10 games, he has 13 points. Boom. Huge. And, like, the pedigree was there before. In, oh, God, that's a lot of math. But he's, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out. He played 25 games for the U.S. under-18 under team in the USHL. USHL. I don't know why I said it in French there. Uh, scored 16 points, 25 games. Added another 25 points in 36 games under ex- exhibition room. Games. I don't know how you play more exhibition games than regular games, but okay, that was the case. So that that is what that is forty nine points he put up. Uh, Did I do the math right? That sounds right. So let's just say that he put up forty nine points in like sixty some odd games. Sixty one. That's pretty darn good for a blue liner. Yeah, a righty, no less. A righty, six three, a hundred ninety pounds. Like this is a a decently sized. Man, and he's putting up points. This is great. So you, he's got to come over next year. Like, not like for the Islanders, but you would think he's got to get him in the AHL? No, it can't. Too young. Really? Yeah. Can't be, especially because he's already, because he's in the CHL. I don't know how it works out for NCAA, but there's a rule between the CHL and the AHL where um, drafted players, well, all players, uh, especially drafted players from the NHL can't play in the a- in the AHL until they reach 20 years old. So essentially where they can't play in the CHL anymore. Okay. So he'll be in the CHL next year if he doesn't make the team, and I doubt he does. Okay, so... Which is fine. He he turns 19 just in January. Okay. 
Yeah, he's still a young pup. He's still got time. Like this, he still has time, and he's putting up. He's putting up more than a point per game in the OHL. I mean, and you should only get better from here. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but you had yeah. to be co- you had to be confident in that pick, though, because he had no business being there. Well, you, you had to be happy for the pick, obviously. Like you, you're, you get a chance to take him second round. You're going all right. This is, this is what should be a first round defenseman. Yeah, I'll take him. Deal. Let's see what we get. And then boom, he's putting up points. Going all right, perfect. That was money in the bank for us. Uh, Barzal just took a penalty when the Islanders were on the power play, so now right, it's even strength. Right. Yeah, and look, he's playing with another one of the Islanders' picks. He's playing with Blade Jenkins at Saginaw. What a who's name. got nine. He's got, I know, Blade. Like, parents must have loved Wesley Snipes. (laughs) He's got nine points in 11 games. That's outstanding. It's not like he's not going to tear the league up, but he's putting up points. And that's two guys already for the Islanders playing on the same team right now, putting up points. There you go. There you go. That's, That's how you have a top five farm system in the NHL. We're not even done yet. We're just talking about two guys on the same team. We're not even talking about the rest of the guys who play in the CHL. We didn't talk about NCAA. We didn't talk about out in Europe. And we haven't talked about the AHL yet. There are so many players to talk about. All right, so who, we got lots of time, so this is perfect. So who do you want to get into next? Let's stay in the CHL. Okay. Let's talk about Arnaud Durando. Okay. So he's playing for the Halifax Moosehead. And he has... My, I wrote this a few days ago. It was 16 points in 13 games. I haven't checked if he's played since then. I don't think he has. Um, but that's still outstanding. 16 points in 13 games. Uh, he's got 18 and 14. Sorry. <laughs> okay. And he's he's playing in the QMJHL. So let's be honest. Like That's a scoring league. The kids put up points there. So in terms of like around the CHL... Um, you you'll probably won't put that many points if you're playing in the OHL, which is a, a more not more of a defensive league, but I think more of a um, equal caliber league where like guys who can really score in the in the queue really show up. And this seems like one of them. He put up 53 points in 67 games last year. Was drafted in the sixth round of the 2017 draft by the Isles, and he's got 18 points in 14 games this year. Oh, big glove save by Leonard. Both. Yeah, Big that was really off nice. Of Blad, dirty. Take that, you bearded buffoon. <laughs> oh my lord! Uh, but you have to be confident in that. Anytime you get like late round production, that's like phenomenal value. And obviously, like we said, he was taken in the sixth round of 2017. And I mean, it's definitely an interesting. Like they have a ton of left wingers, so you never know if he's going to come over and end up doing anything. But it's just good to have prospects because when you mm-hmm. make a trade, what do you have to give up most of the time? Prospects. Well, you don't. You don't have to. It means that you don't have to give up roster players that you would rather keep. Good point. It also just gives you options, right? Like we we always hear about the good headaches to have. This is it. Not not just him specifically, but the fact that we have all of these players, this gives management and team the team a good headache to have. Like, we don't want to lose this guy, but what do we do with him? That's what you want. You want depth. You want competition for spots. And the Islanders seem to have it with this deep 
prospect system. Finally! You know, it's going to be years before they actually make the NHL if they do, but, like, there's something to hang our hats on. And again, we've only talked about three guys so far. It all in the CHL. There's more? There's more. All right, who? There's Noah Dobson, who we talked about just a second ago. Noah. Who, again, my stats are a little bit outdated because I wrote that piece on Sunday, and uh, obviously they play games after that. So he has he's still got seven points in ten games. That's good. Which is perfectly fine. Again, defenseman playing on the uh, 2018 Calder Trophy winning or Memorial, sorry, Calder, the Memorial Trophy winning. I was thinking of the AHL. Um, the Memorial Trophy winning Acadie Bathurst Titans, which he captains now, by the way. That's good. That's a good sign. He's 18 years old, an 18-year-old, 6'3", 180-pound defenseman that puts up points, but has the maturity to move the puck and control the zone. Oh, it's just everything I hear about that is just makes me tinge. Mitch, do you think he's here next year? I think he could be. Oh, can we get him and Wallstrom here next year? Probably. So... <laughs> Maybe obviously, like this is wishful thinking, uh, and that that's assuming he he continues to grow. Like, cause he just like Bodie Wild doesn't turn nineteen until January. Okay, so he won't be able to go to the AHL next year. Anyways, he'd have to stay in the CHL again next year, which is like that seems like overkill. Like three, this is that would be his fourth year in the CHL. You would expect him to just destroy them. Um. But seeing him on the team next year, you kind of fit. It's hard to fit. He's a right shooting defenseman. So already on the right, we have uh, Pulak, Boychuk, and Mayfield. I don't want to give Mayfield a roster spot over Noah Dobson. I'm not saying we we have to give him one, but I'm just saying who who moves. What do you do with them? So let's say you put Mayfield on the scratch pad. Then that makes sense. Yes, sure. um, I could get on board with that. So then you're stuck, not stuck, but then you have Letty, Hickey, and who's the other Pellick. one? Pellick, I guess? Yep. And then what do you do with Taves? I don't know. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So then that means you've got AD, which you can you can have. You, can, you, you can't carry AD, but that impacts you up top. It does. It does. I, there's a lot of, there's some games you could play with your, with your roster at that point, but... I I don't know if you're going to be able to see him next year, and I would like to, but I I don't know if it's going to happen. Okay, you don't think? Well, why don't you think it's going to happen? Give me give me a reason. Because it's the Islanders, and they love to give opportunities to veterans instead of younger guys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Is that a bad so answer? True. No, that's a very good answer. Well, yes, it's technically a bad answer because I don't want to hear that, and I'm sure none of our listeners want to hear that either. But it's. A good answer because you're right. I don't like That's... to be right in that situation. I mean, I, I like <laughs> to be right in general, but in that spot, I would rather be wrong. Please yeah. prove me wrong. Uh, so far, no dice, my friend. No. Um, so that, that's that's a roundup of the CHL, guys. We still have NCAA, AHL, and Europe to go to. Which Where do you want to go in the world? Where in the world is Matt O'Leary? Uh, let's go? hit up Europe, I guess. Let's get that off the list. Okay, Europe. We have a bunch of forwards... Uh, none really better than Anatoly Golishev. Okay. Does that ring a bell? Slightly. No. <laughs> I was trying to buy time so I could bring up his stats, his updated stats, but he's got 12 points in 16 games for Yekaterinburg Automobilist. 
I have to say that's lower. Did they the just? KHL. Oh my god! They lose. Yes. Oh, I'm two minutes behind. Great. Thanks for ruining the game for me. I. You're up two nothing after the second period, and you lose to the worst team in the East. Yep. Yep. At least they got a point. They got a point. No, out of it, don't though. give me that BS that they got a point. Oh, <laughs> Leonard just bolts out of the net and runs right into Philpola. <laughs> He just didn't care. He's just, I'm out of here. Get out of my way. If you're in my way, I don't care. Oh, come on. Oh, upsetting. Well, we'll talk about it in the post game. In the post game. Can we plug that right now? Yes. On that. I know we're a little bit all over the place, and I blame the game for that. All right. But at least when you we, can turn this off now. Yeah. When we record that. during a game, we're all over the place because our attention's everywhere. Our ADD kicks in. Yeah. Um. So for all of you listening, we have a Patreon account where we give post-game content. So you get a podcast after every single New York Islanders game, including the one that just ended now. Uh, it's a full 20 to 30-minute pod. Depends on how much we have to say. And it's five bucks a month. Sounds like a lot, but think of it this way. If the Islanders play every other game or every other day, they're playing, what is it, 10, 12 times a month? That means you're getting 10 to 12 podcasts a month on top of our weekly podcast that you're listening to now. As well as you get a mailbag, a weekly mailbag podcast on top of that, too. And a newsletter. So you're getting potentially a podcast a day. And a newsletter. Correct. And a fancy-dancy newsletter right to your mailbox. So think about it. Five bucks, Patreon. It's patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Yes. So we just have to get that out there, and I'm sure we'll plug it at the end of the show, too. Correctamundo. Okay. So Europe. I don't know what happened here, but the page that I was on just disappeared. Good old ads. Um, Anatoly Golishev has 12 points in, what is I say, 16. 16 games? That's pretty good. That's great. The only problem is, is he's playing Europe. Yeah, so does he ever come over here? Oh, sorry, in Europe, in the KHL. I know. The Islanders have their issues with the KHL. <laughs> they have issues. They're not the only ones, but they've got their issues. Uh, I, I don't think he comes over. No. I really don't. Neither do I. Like, why would he at this point? I don't know. He, like he's, what, 24, 25 years old? He was drafted in, nine, in, in 2016, fourth round. He'll turn 24 in February. So, like, he'll probably stay there. It, it, it's just nice to know that we, we continue to hold his rights. So if he does have to come over, I believe he has to come through us unless, until he reaches a certain age, I think. Like the whole uh, Kovalchuk issue. Right. So... Whatever. Um, other than that, the one I really, really wanted to talk about is Jakob Skarek. Okay. Skarek. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sure there's accents somewhere. Um, that's the Czech goalie that we selected in the third round, I believe. Yes. Yep. The third round of the 2018 NHL draft. He's playing out in Finland. He's got eight games under his belt. Has a one eight three goals against average and a nine twenty save percentage with a three two three record. Beautiful. That that's good. I don't know how that is. It's very good. I don't know how you can compare the leagues. Though. Oh, you can't. It's Finland, like right. So it, it's always tough on the international players to like compare it to how it could project for the North American game. But I obviously like what I see. His numbers are improved yeah. from last year. I think you can look at it and say, like, he's still good, 
regardless of if that's going to be a 920 in the NHL or not, he's still good. He's putting up a 920 in Finland, which I would rank as like the fourth best league in the world. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I'm seeing it as obviously the NHL, KHL, the Swedish league, and the, uh, and the, the SN Liga. I could be wrong. Like maybe the Czech league is better than that. I don't. I don't really know my my European leagues, but from what I could imagine by the prestige of the league, I would figure that SN league is like fourth, fifth at worst, maybe. Yeah, probably right. And you would have to imagine, and he's playing against men. He's eighteen years old, and he's playing against men. Nine twenty, one eighty three. Yeah, so that's a positive sign, and that's a, one of the things we always talk about when we got, talk about guys who play in this league is that they are playing with grown men. So they are getting a little bit of a different experience as some of the North American prospects are playing with younger kids their age. So it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. Although PS Ilya Sorokin 14 games played, 733 record, 152 goals against average, 925 save percentage. Oh, get him over today. I would I love him. I just want him to come so bad. <laughs> He's like, I would like to stay here in Mother Russia where I'm getting much monies and I don't want to not get much monies there for a little bit. I, I will wait and I will see and I don't know. Can you say the it Ruples gimmick? It is my gimmick? best Russian accent. To the Ruples. I like when you talked about the Ruples. Talk about the Ruples. <laughs> the Ruples. It's all about rolling the R. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. Uh, yeah. So he's obviously still fantastic. And that's all we really have in Europe. There's a few other, like two other defensemen, but they're not like anything fantastic except for like Robin Salo who's also playing in Finland has got like five points in 13 games whatever okay um I want to talk about the NCAA just real quick sure before we get to the AHL because there's some peeps that we need to talk about in the AHL all right who, again who do we want to start with uh Nick Pastujov or Pastujov whatever you want to pronounce his last name okay you ever heard of him it doesn't really ring a bell. No, nor did I until I saw it. He was drafted in the seventh round of the 2016 NHL draft by said New York Islanders. Okay. He has four points in three games for the U of Michigan right now. That's good. That's good. And keep in mind, this is NCAA. They don't put up a ton of points. He had 15 last year, again, for the University of Michigan. 15 points in 36 games. Yeah, that's a good amount. That's good. That's a good return. So like something's going on with this kid. I I don't I don't see him making the NHL ever, but like he's definitely increased his stock from a guy who was drafted in the seventh round, forgotten about, to a guy who's like, all right, like I think we could look at him in the AHL and see what he's got. Don't you think? Yeah, I could see him making an uh not NHL excuse me AHL roster at one point. Definitely, I'd, I'd say even next year, right? Because he's got this is his third year of NCAA hockey. Uh, and it would obviously it's his third year since being drafted. Um, I think if he plays a full fourth year without signing an ELC, he can become a, U- a UFA like the Jimmy VC situation and Alex Kerfoot and whoever else was the other guy of the year. Oh, uh, the guy the Devils have. Yeah, I forget what his name is. Miles Woods? No, 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 no. Oh my God, why am I blanking on it? Will Hunt? Some of the no. What I don't it? know. Oh my god. Will it's Butcher. Devils. Will Butcher. The devils. Will Butcher. That's it. There you go. Will Butcher. That took way too um, long for me to think of. Yeah, that's well, who cares about the devils? Um so Yeah, they'll probably sign him up this year, I would say. It's an AHL deal. Some at some point near the end of the year in the summer, they'll give him like uh, an AHL look see. I think. 
Yeah, I could totally see that. If he continues, right? If he if he completely doesn't do anything, and he's not like a tiny guy, he's six feet two oh two. He's a solid boy. Hey, he's got some size on him. Yeah, so like if you can get someone, like maybe he's a fourth liner, maybe he's a third liner, maybe more. I doubt it, but you know, whatever. Give him a shot. So I I wanted to give him a shout over some of our more prestigious players in the K in the uh, NCAA right now. So we could talk about Ollie now. Yeah, we could talk about your Ollie. Sure, fine. You seem like upset to talk about this kid. Right, he's got one point. He hasn't done anything else since. They played three games. The other guy's got four points. Nick Bastiov has four points in three games. But Oliver Wallstrom's better. He's going to be a 30-goal scorer in the NHL. Probably. Yeah, he'll probably be in the NHL next year. <laughs> Bastiov will definitely not. But, like, I, I, I'd say that with, like, the, the reason I was dripping with, like, sarcasm or just kind of, like, disappointment was, like, what else can we say about this kid? He hasn't done anything more yet. And I know it's it's wrong to, do, to have, like, the whole uh, what-have-you-done-for-me-lately mentality, but it's just kind of... What have you done recently? It is, and wrong. it's fine. You're you're great. I know you're going to be great, but like, what have you done? I don't care right now. I don't care until like this weekend when you play, when he plays and maybe puts up three points. I'll care again. I'm shaking my head. Yeah, that's I know. Such a, I that's such you. a Mitch attitude to have. <laughs> I mean, he first he doesn't care about his kids, and now he doesn't care about Oliver Wallstrom. Yeah. That's right. You guys all have to deal with my sickness because it goes everywhere. Okay, AHL. Let's do it. All right. So here's another. Here's where we can talk about a guy who um, we talked about last week in Michael Del Cole, who is still putting a point. Eight and seven. Beautiful. And I think he's got a, a point in the last four or five games. I, I could be wrong on that count, but I know he's got a little streak going on. And good for him. Yeah. I know. I wanted you to say that. I want. To, I want like a Michael Dalcole update every week from you. I'm gonna sure. I think he's create a jingle and put it on my phone here for the show. Let's do it. I think that he is playing his way into being a trade asset. What? Typical Matt. <laughs> what? What did I say? Something controversial or wrong? It's not or controversial. Bad? What? A trade asset. Like, he's finally showing up, and you're like, boom, get him the H out of town, buddies. Okay. Well, think about it, Mitch. They have Anders Lee, yep. Leo Komarov, oh. Andrew Ladd. These are a lot of <laughs> left-wingers. Hold me back. I'm so excited. I, I, I know, but these are players who are under contract for a long time. Anthony Beauvillier is going to be here for a while. It's a lot of left-wingers. And Kiefer Bellows. I, you know I have always been a Kiefer Bellows guy over Michael Del Cole since Kiefer yes. Bellows was drafted in 2016. So yeah, no, that was after Dal Cole. That's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. It's fine. Yeah, Kiefer <laughs> Bellows has leapfrogged Michael Dal Cole because he is yes. better than Michael Dal Cole. So I'll give you that. Sure, he I'll give does you that. not have a future with the Islanders, Mitch. It's okay. You can admit it. You can it's say okay. that he's good, but he doesn't have a future with this team. All right, I I want to see it out this year. I'm excited. I want to see. I want to see if he can do more. Can he put up more than 40 points? Can he work his way into an NHL spot this year? No, I'm rooting for the guy. I, I want it to happen. I know I called him a bus, and I feel like you coerced me into it. But I, I want him well, to to like blow my mind this well, year. I want him to work his way into the NHL this year. You were pretty soft 
at first. You're like, well, we can't really call him a bust until he's like 26 and we've seen him play. And <laughs> You're imitating me being sick? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're always sick, so I'm just going to do like a like a cold and try and do a Canadian accent. But just add a lot of A's. You'll be hey, fine. I know we were talking about uh, Michael Del Cole. We don't say a boot. We don't say a boot. That's not a thing. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so Del Cole killing it. Uh, obviously, Devontae's still killing it. Um, that's really it. Like, Joshua Sang only has three points. What's going on there? Bellows has two points. Mm, your boy, Bellows, two points. He's fine. In like seven games, eight games, I guess now. He's fine. You think so? I think so. I'm, I'm he has three fine. points in three. seven games. Get your Sorry, facts I didn't straight. Look at my, I didn't look at my updated one. I feel bad. I have to do that for Hosang now. God. God. Updated. And Hosang was four points in seven games. So yeah, I would say it was off by one. It's fine. That's fine numbers. So, yeah, but the AHL team still isn't doing that very well. So They never do. That's <laughs> true. But I don't I don't care. All right? Like we talked about this before. We don't care how the AHL squad does because it doesn't matter. They're there to serve the Islanders. And if these guys who are doing well at the AHL level can jump up to the NHL level and perform equally well, I'm all good. If the Bridgeport Sound Tigers never see the playoffs again for the rest of their existence, but the Islanders win a Stanley Cup, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, aren't they on like a 15-year streak without the playoffs or something? It's something insanely long like that, yes. Newsflash. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Ugh. So... That's all I had in terms of prospects. I think we, we covered the we gambit get, here. Can we get the music again for an outro? Let me let me plug it back in, though. All right, never I mind. No, I don't want to plug it back in because there's some weird stuff going on with my soundboard, okay. and I don't want to give myself like an electric shock that or was, like, that was a bad, fry the entire board. <laughs> that was a bad co-host move by me. I put you on the spot. I shouldn't have did that. That's fine. You'll learn your lesson eventually. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> One of these days. So let's get into some social stuff, Mitch. I know I have something that I want to talk about. I don't know if you have anything you want to share. I, I don't. I spent a lot of time trying to compile this farm stuff, and it was already outdated, unbelievably. <laughs> That's okay. So I want to talk about my favorite day of the hockey season. Okay. It just passed. It happened yesterday. Do you know what I, it is? Happened yesterday. Yeah. No, nope, I don't know what it is. I, I'm blanking here. The Pucks and Paws calendar shoot. Right. That is yes. my favorite day of the year because they release the behind the scenes pictures. So I think this is the third year in a row that they're doing it. I feel that's right. It could be longer though. And I love puppies. I love the Islanders. So seeing them together <laughs> is just perfect. And... It's also a little bit sentimental to us because that is the charity that we used for our live podcast that we did last year. So yep. definitely, it was a lot of fun working with them. They were great. They were really helpful with us. So to see them get the recognition that they deserve is super awesome. And I just love seeing all the pictures come out from it. I really do. All the pictures of the puppies. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Um I think there, there's one one thing I wanted to mention, and it was Thomas Grice's um, mask. Good one. The Yeti and the Fisherman. I haven't seen 
one person complained about it. It has the fisherman on it. Oh. We shouldn't be using the fisherman because the fisherman represents so many dark times in our history. You were not. You uh, did not read my mentions. Apparently, the last two days, Mitch. No, I have not been stalking your mentions. I got <laughs> other things to do, like trying to stay healthy unsuccessfully. No, I've definitely seen some people who are unhappy about it. I am not one of those people. I love, love, love it. The matte finish. The color scheme is awesome. The Yeti looks yeah. cool. I love it. It's fantastic. There's nothing to complain about. And the Yeti, if you're asking, that's just a Thomas Grice thing. He always does it. Um, it's everywhere. It's even part of his, I believe, his hockey camp that he does in North Carolina, I'm going to say. Could be. It's it's in it's in Carolina. That, one of the Carolinas. I'm pretty sure it's in North Carolina. Um, At the Army base. I forget what Army base. God, I should know this. But... Someone will correct me. Um, and then The Fisherman is just perfect. Beautiful. Uh, I, I love Brittany Grice uh, on Twitter um, mentioned the thought behind it. And I, I don't want to repeat it because I think it's it's better if it comes from her and if you read her tweet. So just go and follow Brittany Grice and then you'll see the justification for The Fisherman. Get it straight from her. Don't get a paraphrase from me. Uh, it, it wasn't just like, oh, it's cool because it's the fisherman. There was more thought behind it than that. It wasn't just some like, let's throw it back and be cool hipsters. It wasn't that whatsoever. So that's kind of fun to hear. Yeah. The story behind it was really cool. That is something that I agree with. All right, Mitch, want to get into the plugs then? Plug and then get out of here and record our other two podcasts that we have to do tonight? Plug it like a fourth line player, my friend. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. So. Wherever you are listening to it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability and helps us out a lot. And we appreciate all the love that we get there. So if you could do that, we could really uh, appreciate it. Give us a follow on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. We gift the games. We were a little bit slow for tonight's game because we had to record uh, the show in the third. So, yeah, I, I need a better gift machine because the one that I have on my Windows PC is just garbage. I wish I could use Giphy, but I can't. I can only use it on a Mac for some reason. So mm, I have to figure something out for my Windows PC. So if anyone knows of a good Giphing software for uh, Windows, and don't give me screen to GIF. That's the worst one. I hate it. Yes. Um, let me know. Also, you could follow TLO Mitch on Twitter at TLO Mitch. I am at Matt O'Leary NY. You can give us a like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Of course, you can visit the website, eyes on aisles.com. You can download our app, the eyes on aisles app available for Android and iPhone. And of course, please subscribe to our Patreon page where you can get additional content for $5 a month. You can get post-game reaction podcast, a weekly mailbag podcast where we answer your questions and also a newsletter too. I think that's it, right, Mitch? I think that's all she wrote. All right. Episode number 62 is in the books. We will talk to you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.